Welcome back to Murder in the Black. You guys know I'm always blessed to be back here with you. And do not take for granted that you join me here every Thursday for another true crime episode. Want to let you guys know I heard you loud and clear. I will give probably another episode ending out the month of August um, about online crimes or crimes that originate online. Um, last week's poll, you guys voted in that, said you really liked it. So I want to give the people more of what they want. So let's go ahead and jump into today's true crime episode. Today's story is about Tamisha Evitt Ridge. I've entitled this case Obsession. According to Tina Martin, Tamisha's mother, when she was younger, she just always had a passion for fashion. Now I know <laughs> you're probably laughing at the phrase I just said because it's pretty cliche. But when you get right down to who Tamisha was, she loved creating and she loved fashion. And so that's just who she was. I couldn't think of a better phrase to describe her passion. And her mother said that many people described her as happy, a happy-go-lucky person, like pretty much didn't allow anything to kind of ruin her day, always had a beautiful smile on her face. Everyone loved her. She was inventive and creative. She was a beautiful girl, like just outright just a natural beauty. So I encourage you guys as I always do, to go and check out our pictures of this particular case on our Instagram page. She had beautiful long hair, beautiful skin and smile, just the natural beauty, as I've already said. And her ultimate goal was to become a fashion designer and start selling fabric. So in order to kind of make her dreams come true, this was in the the beginning stages of 2000, like 2009, 2010, um, entering the 2010s, I should say, she got on YouTube. And I would say around that time, YouTube was not a place where you could just be an influencer, right? It was pretty early in the YouTube days and monetization wasn't necessarily a thing at this time. It was just beginning. But Misha got on there and the name of her YouTube channel was Misha TV, which is still up in case you want to check that out. Many of her fans knew her as Misha Boo. And she started her YouTube covering fashion topics, right? So she would show you how to make, you know, different fashion pieces on a budget for you and for your kids. So she would do tutorials. She would also um, just, you know, show you what fabric she was using, really get really interactive with the videos that she was doing. And it was very informative. She even had a Facebook group um, that called Misha Taught Me. And that was a group where her fans would, you know, share with Misha all the things that they've learned, the things that she taught them on her YouTube channel, things they were able to make. And she absolutely loved it. And I have to say that I felt like I could relate and probably many of us can relate to having a passion for something, but sharing that with the world totally to help others. That's the only reason why you're doing it. That's your only motive. So you can imagine when her page 
and not just her Facebook page, but also her YouTube page started to garner thousands and thousands of followers. She was amazed because that was never her true goal of starting her YouTube page. But according to Larry King, her brother, she was so surprised by the growth. And her mother, Tina Martin, also said, you know, she was surprised by the growth. But the thing that she also loved, probably more than fashion, was her kids. She was a mother. Her first child's name was Savion. He was a boy. And she also had a daughter named Misha Lowe. And let me tell you. Another relatable thing with Misha here is that when you're a fashion designer or even not a fashion designer, but you used to play dress up with your dolls when you were younger and you finally become of age where you have children of your own and now you can dress them up. Oh, it's a vibe. okay? like you're trying to make sure your daughter has the matching bow and the cute little shoes and your son has the matching shoes and a nice haircut. It's always a thing, but I can't even imagine how excited Misha was to do this for her own kids because Misha actually could sew and like create something that wasn't even out there that was cute to put on her children. And she absolutely adored the process of dressing her kids up. But more than that, she just loved kids and she loved her kids and loved raising them. They were her number one priority. And she told her mother, like, I'm going to have five or six kids because that's how much I love kids. She was she was committed. Now, she grew up in Sacramento and for a while she was there, especially in the early days of her YouTube page. But she got the confidence to move to L.A. and she wanted to improve her talent to learn more about the business um, and to also learn more about fashion design and what that took uh, besides what she already knew. And so she decided to go to El Camino College there in L.A. And her channel continued to grow. It continued to garner more followers and more subscribers. And life was just pretty much good. And she was creating a better life, not only for her children, but also for herself. And she was doing well. But A little bit of background information about Misha is that Misha was dating a guy previously for about five years. His name was Antoine Green, and she had this very turbulent relationship with Antoine. Actually, she had a child with him. Her daughter, Misha Lowe, was with Antoine Green, and Antoine was a very violent guy, especially against Misha. And... When she moved to L.A. to go to El Camino College, he actually was in jail due to his violence against one of his current girlfriends, and he was serving a three-year sentence. So Antoine was really Misha's first love. And I think any time that you have a first love, most of us conclude that that's puppy love, and it probably wasn't real love in the first place. But For Misha, Antoine was her first love, and not only was he, but he was the father of her child. So there was another bond that was created that was very hard for her to let go of during the early parts of their relationship. 
And so although he was violent and she was in a domestic abuse situation, it was very hard for her to let go. She even considered marrying him. But friends and family, you know, especially her mom, Tina, told her, this is not the relationship that you want to be in, Mish. Like this, you don't want to be with a guy who's going to beat you. And I know you love him and I know you care about him. And I know you even have a daughter with him, but you don't want to begin marriage and begin a life with someone. And they're engaging in this type of behavior. This is not what you want to be in. And so she was able to finally cut it off with him and get away from him. And that was during the time that she moved to L.A. She had finally distanced herself from him, cut it off with him. And he went to jail. So it was in her favor that he had left the scene because he was obsessed with her. And probably had he not went to jail during that time, it would probably have changed her plans a little bit more. Because he somewhat had a hold on Misha that all of her friends and family admitted to. And he was obviously obsessed Um But because he went to jail, she was able to get away from him and start her own life and create this life for her and her children. So when they had broke up, she really got involved with the church. And she was seven-day Adventist growing up anyway, but she really pressed into her faith after her and Antoine had a split because that gave her some strength to know that she was doing the right thing and and. She needed that support behind her. So it was not only her church fam, but it was her actual family that really helped her to get out of that relationship and to start a new life in L.A. Before I move on, I want to say that Antoine did help Misha with her YouTube channel. So he was aware that she was having a lot of growth there and He actually helped her put on some of her content. So he was involved in that aspect when it was going on as well. Just wanted to make that clear. So she's in fashion college at El Camino and also getting simultaneously getting an associates in um, business administration. And that's when she meets this guy by the name of Herzell. She actually meets him in fashion school and they immediately hit it off. He was totally different than Antoine. And I think when you're coming from a situation where you have been in a domestic abuse situation and you go to another relationship and it's totally different, it's like a, you know, it's like feeling fresh air on your skin and breathing it in. And that's exactly how it was for Misha. Herzell wooed her. He was romantic, brought flowers to her door, was doing all the things that she was not used to. Herzell also was a part of the seven day of Venice faith and he would go to church with her. And it was just a totally different relationship, totally different than anything that her cousin Valencia, who's very close to her, saw with Antoine and her mother noted that their relationship was different. And she was just very happy. Simultaneously, her channel is still growing still garnering so many subscribers. And because that was such a big thing in her world, 
she shared that with Herzell and Herzell told her like, hey, do you realize that you actually can make money from this? Like you can also like, you know, get with fashion designers and get them to sponsor your videos by you reviewing their content. This could be a thing for you. Like it could, you could start making money. This can be your career. And so, you know, she had never really thought about that because as I've already stated for Misha, it was very much just, I'm doing this because I love it and I'm helping people. And yeah, I love to see the numbers of my subscribers go up, but money, not a big deal. Like that'll come. But Herzell helped her to really tap into the fact that she could make money from this. And they started her business of monetizing her channel together. They were not only just making fashion tutorials and fashion content. Because her life was going so well, she started to make videos of her and Herzell together. And when they decided to get married in late 2010... She uploaded that video because, you know, Misha had to create her own wedding dress, which was gorgeous. Now, by late 2010, after getting married, she had over 60,000 subscribers. And because life was going so good and her love of children that I've already mentioned, she eventually gets pregnant. And that just aids to more content on her channel. It doesn't slow her down, not one bit, because then she's able to come up with maternity clothes and make a whole new subgenre of fashion videos for that. And by December 2010, she has a daughter with her zeal. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Shortly after Herzell and Misha have their daughters together in late 2010, Misha receives a phone call from her ex and baby father, Antoine Green. He had recently been released from prison after serving three years on a domestic abuse charge from another girlfriend. And Tina... Misha's mother describes her daughter as naive and nice during this time. When Antoine reaches out, he claims that he wants to have a relationship with their daughter. And initially, Misha keeps this a secret from Herzell. She doesn't tell him about this initial phone call. And everything by the outsider's eye seems very normal and seems to be going great. Because just in late 2010, she had over 60,000 subscribers, but now she has over 121,000 subscribers. So they are doing well financially, and there is growth that's occurring in her YouTube career. Understandably, Antoine keeps calling, claiming that he wants to have a relationship with their daughter, and she does not want to deny him a relationship with her daughter. 
And she claims that she doesn't want a relationship with Antoine as well. But eventually Antoine starts to call more, wanting to talk to his daughter, talk to his daughter. And she allows that. But she also has to tell Herzel that, well, Antoine is back in the picture. Herzel didn't want him back in the picture because he knew about his history and knew that he was a manipulator and knew about all the domestic abuse that had gone on before. And he did not feel comfortable with Antoine being back in the picture. And this really marked the beginning of the end between Herzel and Misha's marital relationship. Natina, Misha's mother, states that she really felt like she did not have an overall good feeling about her zeal. And that didn't have anything to do with domestic abuse. I think her gut feeling that she had about her zeal was is that they weren't going to end up being together and that everything wasn't as happy as they made it seem, at least initially in the relationship. But there was no suggestion or it was not implicitly said that Herzl was abusive to Misha at all. It just seemed like when this began, her mother got this gut feeling that, yeah, they're probably not going to make it. According to Misha, or really according to her cousin Valencia, who she was very close to, she said that she just couldn't resist Antoine. He was her first love, and they had a bond together that was undeniable. So while Antoine is calling about her, about their daughter, I believe, and it was heavily suggested, that maybe she was flirting with him during this time as well. Um, and I don't even want to say leading him on. It was just suggested that she, you know, still had something in her heart for Antoine. But of course, this only meant that things were going to get worse with her husband, Herzl. He felt understandably disrespected because Antoine was quite disrespectful. He would call he would call Misha at all times of the night when their daughter was asleep and want to talk to her and knowing that she was a married woman. According to Valencia, Misha told her that every time she would have a baby with someone, they would get obsessed and pretty crazy about her. So after being disrespected for quite some time, the arguments between Herzl and Misha increased about Antoine. One particular night, their arguing got so bad that she actually snuck out to a church member's house and eventually she moved out of the house that she shared with her Zell. She got a house on the outskirts of the city of LA and just really began to just pursue her career and pursue her kids with a determination unlike any other time that she had in her life. She told Herzl that he was welcome to continue to have a relationship with his daughter. She would not get in the way of that, but she just felt like their relationship was over. Now, the crazy or it's a crazy part to me is that Herzl felt entitled to her business. If you remember at the top of the episode, I told you that Initially, Misha was not concerned about the monetization of her channel and didn't even know that she could make a career through her YouTube channel. 
the person who brought that to her attention was Herzell. So when they were making an opportunity to split, you know, or making an opportunity, when they were coming upon this issue where they were about to split and divorce and go their separate ways, he still felt like he was entitled to her business. If men don't have anything else, they have the audacity. That's all I'm saying. So by August of 2013, her business was making around $150,000 a year. And she was being thrusted in the public's eye. I mean, she initially came in from Sacramento and she bought her studio, a fashion studio, where she would sell her own fabric and also shoot all of her content. And she was doing quite well for herself. I mean, even though she had some tension between her and her Zell, she bought this house for her kids. She got her fashion studio. She was doing well. That was until Antoine tracked her down and came to see her from Texas. Now, he did this all on a probation violation. He was on probation in Texas from being released from prison on that three-year sentence that we talked about. And he decided that he was just going to jump probation and go out to L.A. to see Misha. He was still obsessed with her. Now, he showed up at her door and she allowed him to come in. And, of course, he made it as if it was about their daughter. That was his way in with Misha more times than not. He had a charm about him that I've already said she could not resist. And while they're sitting in the house, kind of laughing and joking, reminiscing on times when they were together and they had the kids together, he tells her, don't you miss this? You should allow me to move back in with you. But that's when Misha kind of like grabs back a hold of reality and tells him, listen, that's not going to happen. I appreciate you coming to visit your daughter, but I don't want to be back with you in a relationship with you. This is about our daughter. And she says, hey, listen, why don't you go back to Texas? We'll make some arrangements to come visit you there so you can spend time with your daughter there. And that's how we'll move forward. He taps back into something that never left, his violent behavior, and he begins to choke Misha. Her older son sees this and picks up the phone and calls his grandmother. Now, as I've already stated, they're in L.A. in the outskirts, and her mother is back in Sacramento, so there's not much that she can even do. So he tells the grandmother, hey, listen, like Antoine's here. He's choking my mom out. He has taken her keys and essentially like he's keeping us at the house. We can't leave. Well, he sees that her son is on the phone talking to someone. He immediately hangs up and Tina, her mother, calls her brother, Larry. And Larry calls somebody who's in the LAPD department and tells them like, hey, I need you to go and check on my sister right now. Her crazy ex is over at her house and he's threatening her. So 
somebody in the LAPD says, sure, no problem. They dress up a woman kind of like in some professional clothes. She's not in police uniform, but she's an undercover police. She comes to the door and Antoine sees that a woman is there and he tells Misha, hey, get rid of this woman. And the woman talks to her while Antoine walks away from the door. And through sign language, she's able to tell this woman who is in who's an undercover police officer, that she is in danger via sign language and she needs help. So the social worker tells Misha, hey, I'm going to go back to the car. Why don't you get the kids and come with me? And she does. And Antoine allows it because she dresses this up under the guise of I have to sign this paperwork for social work. If we act like I can't do this, if you don't allow me to do this, this obviously is going to send off alarms. So Antoine allows her to go out to the social worker slash undercover police officer and they eventually arrest him. And she is completely out of harm's danger because they take Antoine back to Texas under um, the probation violation that he's already received. Plus, he kidnapped um, Misha and her children. Now, she does go and get a restraining order against Antoine right after this occurs and Tina Misha's mother tells her listen you have two options you either come move back to Sacramento with family or I'm taking your kids because they're not safe and they're not safe where you are because obviously Antoine can track you down so we need to take precautions and whether you like it or not you only have two options and you know how when mothers say stuff, you move and you follow their advice. And Misha was so shook up by the incident that she immediately told her mother, I hear you. I'm moving back to Sacramento. Misha always had a close relationship with her mother. So when her mother asked her to move back to Sacramento, her hometown, she actually got a house right down the corner from her mother. Herzale was still in L.A., and he wanted to get back together with Misha desperately. By this point, they had been, you know, um, separated for quite some time. But Misha found stability, more stability than she ever had prior to living with Herzale. She had family, and she felt protected by her family there in Sacramento, like, Nothing could touch her. She finally had the community that she was longing for. And her business continued to grow. I know I've said that all throughout this episode, but I want to highlight the fact that at no point in time during her struggles and all the things that she was going through, did she ever stop moving forward in her career. She kept going. And with that stability, she actually was able to hire two to three people to begin to work in her fashion studio, to cut material and sew. And I told you she had over 121,000 subscribers and she would get $2 each from those subscribers. But once again, she really didn't really know all the numbers that that were behind what she was making because Herzell still was in charge of the financial. In February of 2014, 
Herzell actually came down from L.A. to visit his daughter and the family was having a barbecue. And that's when Misha decided that there was no better time than the present. And she actually served Herzell with divorce papers. He was upset. Noticeably so. And he didn't want a divorce. He felt like they could work through it. And she told him upon serving him these papers that once their divorce went through, she was going to take back full ownership of the business. He was jealous, I believe, that, you know, she was thriving in her career. I've already said that once her and Herzell were married and once they were together, actually, she started to create like family content and relationship content on her page. And she did the exact same thing when she was in Sacramento, surrounded by family. She started to upload videos of her mother and her father and friends and family. It was definitely becoming a family channel. It just wasn't a dedicated space for her fashion videos, although that was still a prominent feature on her channel. She was making about three to $7,000 a week on YouTube and her business was expanding. And leading up to Mother's Day weekend, her cousin came to visit her from Nebraska and she brought a guy named Trig. Up until this point, Misha was not concerned about getting a re getting in a relationship at all. She decided that she really just needed to focus on her and her kids and nothing else. But when her cousin Valencia came up from Nebraska, she brought a friend named Trig and Misha knew Trig. They knew each other mutually through her cousin, but she never thought of him in a romantic way. However, when Trig visited this particular time, she did and they went out on a date and they began to date casually it was nothing serious she wasn't trying to take it to another level but she did mention to trig and valencia that there was a chrysler 300 that would come by her house and just park by the stop sign and she noticed it and she told them that antoine was known for hiring his friends to watch her Now, I mentioned that Mother's Day weekend was coming up when Valencia and Trig made this visit to come and see her. And she actually recorded a, Mother Day, a Mother's Day video shouting out to her subscribers how much she appreciated them and celebrating all the mothers that were subscribers on her channel. She showed them some of the gifts that she received and also featured her cousin Valencia on that particular video saying that she was just so thankful that on this particular Mother's Day, her cousin was there and she ended the video with kisses. That same day, Antoine calls her and she does not initially pick up the phone, but once she realizes it's him, she does. And he just is saying how much he wants to be with her and how she needs to give him another shot. And she's just like, you know what? I can't do this today. So she does not even bother talking to him. She just starts to ignore his phone calls. Later that evening, she decides to go to a neighborhood house party there with her cousin and Trig. 
And while they're at the party, Valencia notices that Misha's not her usual bouncy, airy self. She seems like something's wrong. That's when she shows Valencia a text message that she receives from Antoine. He's calling her a whore, telling her he knows about Trig, and he there's no way she's going to be with this guy, and he's going to harm her. And then shortly after that, she receives a text message from Herzel saying that he was upset that the divorce was about to be finalized. And it was just like all of these exes coming at her in, at one time, right? Then Antoine, right after Herzel sends her a text message, her, Antoine sends her another text message and sends her a picture of his stomach. And he recently got Tamisha's name tatted on him. Tamisha and Valencia kind of say, wow, he's crazy. That's weird. He's obsessed. But they laugh it off because they don't think that Antoine is really going to do anything besides Antoine's in Texas. So they go out in front of the house that they have been at this neighborhood party at. They get in front of the car and it's around 2 a.m. They're planning to leave. And Misha stands in front of the car, in front of the headlights, and starts to dance. And she's just having a good time. The thing to know about Misha is that she didn't drink or smoke. She was very much just high off of life. And although she had got those harassing phone calls from Antoine and that picture of him, you know, getting a tat of her name and her zeal was complaining about the divorce, she just felt like, I'm letting all this go. I'm going to have a blast with my cousin and this guy that I'm dating, Trig. She just was letting her hair down. They decide to go back and go back to the house. But before they do, they post a picture of Trig, Valencia, and Misha. And Misha posts that to her Instagram account. They get back to Misha's house and... Of course, Valencia is staying at her house, but she, you know, gives Trig and Misha some privacy. So she tells her cousin, good night, cousin. I'll see you in the morning. And she goes off to the couch. Trig and Misha go to their room and they're sleeping. Now, two blocks away, Tina, Misha's mother, is at her house. And for whatever reason, that particular night, she ends up falling asleep on her living room couch. She wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and she has a bad feeling in the pit of her stomach that she cannot put words to. Around 4.30 that morning, Trig comes into the living room where Valencia is sleeping and shakes her shoulder and tells her that Misha was shot. And without much explanation, he just says, I know who did it. Trig grabs Misha's car keys and gets in the car and leaves. Valencia is dazed and confused. She doesn't really even understand what is happening. She doesn't register the words that Trig has told her. I mean, after all, she just woke up and he just told her that Misha has been shot, but then he's leaving. 
it just doesn't make any sense. So she goes into Misha's room and she says that it looks like Misha's just sleeping peacefully. And she doesn't see a, a wound initially, but she eventually sees a wound on Misha and blood is pouring. She calls 911 and they repeatedly ask her to check Misha's pulse, but she's terrified that she's dead and so she doesn't want to check her pulse, but she just tells them, please, please come to this address. She also tells them that Trig was there, but he left the scene and they tell her, you need to get in contact with him because if he doesn't come back, he is our number one suspect. When police and EMT arrive, they find a shotgun left on the floor of Misha's room. And they also find a trail of blood leading from Misha's room all the way to the front door. So whoever shot this shotgun was bleeding actively and they had their blood on scene. Daybreak comes and Trigg has still not returned. He is now their main suspect. But EMTs start to leave the residence and Valencia is not understanding this situation at all. She is completely mortified because she doesn't understand why they're not bringing Misha out on a stretcher and taking her to the hospital. They have left Misha's body inside and awaiting the corner to come pick her up. By this time, Tina has made it on scene, Misha's mother. Valencia's outside with Misha's children. And EMT tell her, we lost Misha. She's gone. They immediately break down on the front yard of Misha's house. And that's when they see Trig pull back up in Misha's car. He comes out and police, you know, are ready to take him down because he is the number one suspect. And they go over the events of the night. He said that he saw somebody come into the room and stand over Misha and shot her. And they asked him, do you know, did you see this person's face? And he was very reluctant to tell police officers who it was because he didn't want to be a snitch. I'm going to say that again. He was very reluctant to tell officers who the perpetrator was because he did not want to be a snitch. He eventually does tell them, and five hours later, Antoine ends up turning himself in on a parole violation. And once he's there, they can see that he has a face injury on his face, like on his nose. They run down the days or the morning events with him, and he denies that he killed Misha. He doesn't have anything to do with that. He doesn't know anything about that. He's turning himself in on a parole violation only. Well, they give him a DNA test, and they find out that the blood that was left on scene that was trailing out of Misha's room, room leading to the front door was consistent with his blood. And so it was indeed him. And the reason why he had this face injury is because it was a recoil from the shotgun. So the shotgun kicked back and hit him in his nose. That is what caused the injury. 
he was convicted. He did go to trial. I have to say that he did go to trial, but he was convicted of first degree murder and was sentenced to 75 years in prison. Herzell took full custody of their daughter. He was completely distraught. Her other children are being raised by Tina, her mother. I feel like I've said Tina, her mother, several times, but I did not want you guys to get confused. The one thing that Valencia said towards, well, in her interviews that she was in at the courthouse and on um, episodes that she was included in was get out don't hold on to the person you fell in love with because that's not the person who loves you my cousin was killed by someone she loved that is the end of the Tamisha Evett Ridge story. Before we get into our takeaway, I have to add a note that I did not mention while I was telling the case story. You have to know that the reason why Antoine gained access to Misha's home is she left her back door open. Her mother would always tell her to lock her back door, lock her back door, and sometimes she would and sometimes she wouldn't simply because she would forget. Well, on this particular night, she forgot. And that is how he gained access to her home. Takeaway. So I have two takeaways that I want to talk about. This particular case really saddened me, but I think all of the cases here are murder in the black saddened me because it is somebody making a decision to take someone's life and life has meaning and purpose. It was designed by God. And when people don't honor that, it's always sad. However, as I researched this case and I read news articles and I watched multiple episodes from different um, people about this case, I noticed that the one thing that stuck out to me as I was trying to ensure that I had all the facts to give you guys surrounding this case, which is why here on Murder in the Black, we look at multiple different things when we research. But her light was so radiant. Her star power and her love for people shined through. I saw her being a fashion designer, having her own line. She was well on her way into doing that. And I think what really stood out to me about her personality is that she was so genuine. Like everything that everybody had to say about her, watching videos about her talking about her fashion content and fashion tutorials that I've watched, she really wanted to help people. Like money was only an addendum. It was not her driving force. And I think whenever money is not your driving force, and something that you love, you're always going to be successful at it because you love to do it, right? They say, do something that you love and you'll never work a day hard. You'll never work hard in your life. And I believe that. And I think she was a demonstration of that. And I just think it's so incredibly sad that somebody decided to take her out of this world because she made a conscious decision that she did not want to be with them because they were hurting her. 
So that is my first takeaway. My second takeaway is the relationship that she had with Herzell. And while I think there were some things that seemed very shady about Herzell, especially him feeling entitled to her YouTube business, you know, I think that he probably did not display his concern about this relationship with Antoine correctly, like in the right way. And part of that is probably because he was young and didn't have the tools or vocabulary to be able to say, I see that this guy is trying to manipulate you, babe. Like, I see that he is not necessarily in it for the, our daughter. Like, he's not in it for, to have a healthy co-parenting relationship. I don't think he had the vocabulary or tools to say that. But you could see why he felt disrespected. I just wish, and, you know, oftentimes when you're hindsight, is always twenty twenty. you will always look back at things after they've happened and be able to say what could have been done better. But at the end of the day, we don't really know if that would have made a difference at all. Um, but I can say that I wish that um, when Antoine initially called her, that she would have shared that with her husband so that they would have been able to navigate that situation together. Um, because I think Antoine was very divisive and how he would present himself to Misha. He was a manipulator, and so he did everything he could to divide that relationship and make Misha feel like, well, it's just you that should be con contributing to this co-parenting relationship. When in all honesty, she's in a whole marriage, and like it or not, her zeal should have been included, period. Um, so... I, I think that's one of my takeaways, just looking at it. It's just like, oh, I wish that would have I wish that would have looked a little different. Um, and that that's not to say that things wouldn't have happened exactly the way that they did, because it might have. But um, that is a takeaway that I see. I think as you're as a married couple, you have to, you know, try to navigate things together, you know, and know that you're on the same team. So that is my takeaway about today's case. Let's go ahead and get into a couple of announcements and then I'll see you guys next week. All right, y'all, thanks for sticking with me this far. Y'all will be receiving some information that the others who decided to turn it off won't receive but I love y'all anyway all right so we have a couple of announcements the first one is is that last week on Friday I released some bonus content over on our podcast so if you haven't listened to that please go check that out it's entitled bonus content and there you will hear a preview of our original true crime story so every week we will put out on our subscription program, that's the only way you'll have access to it, we will put out a chapter or maybe even two. So if you're intrigued by the bonus content we dropped last Friday, if you get to the end of it and you're like, ooh, I need to know how this ends. Well, on August 28th, we will be officially launching and publicizing where you can sign up for our subscription-based program. If you want to know what we'll have there, 
you'll have early access to all of our podcast episodes that we usually drop on Thursday. You'll get access to that on Monday. You'll also get, of course, our original true crime stories over there as well, as well as other bonus content. So you need to sign up, but the time to do that will be August 28th. Of course, we'll publicize it on our platform here. We'll publicize it on Instagram and on Facebook, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up. And if you haven't listened, go ahead and listen. It's entitled Bonus Content. We dropped it last Friday. And by the way, that is written by me yours truly and I am sensitive about my art because I am a writer and I love writing so you know give me all your feedback I'm open to it but it's already written so really you can't really give me your feedback for real for real until you get to the end right so go ahead subscribe to us it's $4.99 we're gonna keep it as as low as we can for as long as we can But make sure that you subscribe as soon as you can. Amen. All right. Now, our next announcement is that after Labor Day, we will be officially transitioning into season five, which that doesn't mean a whole lot for you other than we're going into a new season, which means there will be new things for you guys here on our podcast. We are going to be doing videos. We're going to be getting bigger and better. I feel like reflectively, season four has been really good for us. Um, I think we have finally hit our rhythm and our stride in terms of consistency. Um, If you're an OG listener, then you know there were times where we would go two or three weeks without putting out any content. Uh Uh-uh, blessed be. Jesus is real and and he's kept the consistency up, okay? So that is all of our our announcements. They weren't deep. They weren't, you know, super detailed. But that is what I had to tell you guys just so you can know what is coming up. So you know what to do. Make sure you share, if you care, our episodes with friends and family. Make sure that you rate and review us. We appreciate all your feedback and true crime suggestions on cases that we should be covering here on our podcast. And we have an update for you, but I'm going to table that for next week about one of the cases that we covered here on Murder in the Black. But until next time, friends, make sure that you are safe, you be safe, and we will see you next week. This is Murder in the Black.